Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pendulum Show. I have here with me Yodin Teva and a special guest today, Bendik from Y Politics. Uh, thanks for joining us, Bendik. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, and of course, the topic on everyone's minds this week is Budget 2021. After a pretty acrimonious debate, right up to... To stand or not to stand. Acrimonious. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. After an acrimonious debate of, of what, two weeks or, or so, uh, mm. finally, on Thursday, it was time for a vote and uh, we needed uh, 15 MPs to stand. <laughs> the big question, as Yodin said, was to stand or not to stand. Most MPs decided not to stand and so the budget has passed uh, second reading. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy online and in the media yeah. about uh, why the opposition did not attempt to defeat the budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of strong feelings on all sides. And so to decipher all of this, to figure out what really went on, uh, yeah, that's why we have Bendik here today. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, okay. I think first we need to go into the context as to what happened on Thursday, right? Like yeah. it, it was the second reading. Yes, it was the policy stage. Yeah. So what does that mean? Like we have a first, we have a first reading. Uh, what is the first reading? Is the first reading just the bill is read out or huh? So the first reading is not just the bill read out, it's just the title of the bill. Oh, just the title. The just the title, the title of the bill. And for the second reading is where you have to lay down... And f- Sorry, for the first reading, you don't even have a vote. Mm. It's just the finance minister just stating out uh, the title of the bill. Okay. Uh, then for the second reading, you have to lay out the whole gist of it. Yeah. And you have a vote. So that's the policy vote. Nah? I see, I see. So really, this is the first opportunity for the bill to be defeated yeah. is at the second reading, the vote on the second reading. Mm, yeah. I see. All right. And what was the, the, the mood, you, do you think, amongst the opposition? Because uh, the context is that before this whole process began, the, the government first attempted to declare an emergency, right? And uh, the feeling is generally that they were afraid to put this b- uh, budget through parliament mm. and wanted to get it through with an d- emergency decree mm. where they don't need to vote on it. Mm-hmm. And what happened was that the king rejected the emergency proclamation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he asked the opposition politicians to support the budget. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, do you think that the... Do you think... Okay, what do you think about the king's advice? Was it uh, just a blanket um, support the budget, or whatever the budget looks like? Or or was it as some on the opposition side are claiming that the king was asking for cooperation and a bipartisan budget? Okay, from the interpretation of the king's advice, it's, it's an advice. The king... The, the MPs don't have to actually follow it. Yeah. So, but... It'd be a political strategy, lah. If you are going against the king, what's the narrative you're gonna face? Yeah. So, so that's a big issue that uh, the PH MPs have to face. Mm. And to give a little bit context, there's no budget failed to pass since 1918 mm-hmm. in the Westminster Hall in UK. Mm-hmm. So all all parliaments, none, all most of the budget will confirm yeah, will pass. Exactly. The problem with uh, what happened with yesterday uh, on Thursday was that Anwar wanted to. Ha- this is an assumption, and which is quite, I wouldn't say a solid truth, yeah. but there's few facts behind la, okay. Is that they had some dealings with Zahid and Najib mm-hmm. to vote down the budget 
Mm. However, because when two hours before the vote, uh, Finance Minister uh, Tunku Zafro, he announced the five new amendments. Mm. Yeah. And two of the amendments, which is the KWSP and the loan moratorium, they had actually, uh, how do I put it? They fulfilled what the BN backbenchers wanted. Mm. So that back backtrack, uh, it defeated the plan exactly. to to to. It to put a it put a plug in plug, yeah, yeah. plan A la, basically right. So technically, actually, from what uh, people who roughly know what's happening would would say that it's because mainly because of that reason mm. uh, and the speaker did not allow for further debate, mm. and that was the issue. Uh, because if if you if you have listened to the debate, mm. uh, Doctor Zhou actually stood up and questioned, say that how can you yeah. suddenly add up? It's actually technically a second budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just adding millions of dollars inside, mm-hmm. and you don't give full details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that kind of create like it's not a, a ma- it's not you're not supposed to make amendment. You're supposed to just answer questions. Mm. So that was the issue, mm-hmm. uh, and. Everyone was in havoc yeah. Yeah. What, what should yeah. we move forward So in terms of the king I, I would put this uh, To a better I w- I'll lay out the main issues That happened yeah. on Thursday um, Firstly I think it was the narrative mm. Since the start of the budget You guys have been saying We will vote it down Yeah, You know PH will vote it down yeah. uh, If you do not remove JASA We will vote it down If you don't fulfill the six criteria In the the opposition's demands mm. we voted down mm-hmm. but you did not give in full context that you know actually we do have to take into account of the king's advice mm. uh, we have another strategy we have a backup strategy which, which is the committee stage mm. but they did not give out the narrative they don't they don't tell to the voters or even tell their assistants about it that they have such kind of plan mm. so that kind of narrative when you suddenly don't vote you're not just you don't vote you literally don't ask for a vote mm. that creates a backlash mm. I, I think that was one of the main issue because right. no it's almost impossible or it's not ideal to not pass it in the uh, second reading right. mm. yes the second point I want to put out is the lack of coordination mm-hmm. two hours before only you made the decision mm-hmm. fine and you ask your chief whips to to tell all your MPs. However, some of the chief whips, uh, I don't want to put names out, mm-hmm. they normally don't do dealings through WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. They do dealings through word to mouth by mouth. So mm-hmm. I tell you, uh, later for this bill we don't vote. For mm-hmm. this bill we vote. Or uh, later for division block we don't we don't we don't stand. Mm. So that caused another confusion. Mm. Why why is this chief whip who is not supposed to send dealings through, uh, through WhatsApp is sending me WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the main issues that why DAP has one, one MP stand up, PKI have two MP stand up, Pajong all of them stand up, Amana two MPs uh, failed to stand up. Mm-hmm. So, so that was the lack of coordination. Uh, that was the main issues that I, would, I think that it was quite apparent. Uh. Yeah, I, I th- yeah. I'm not. I'm just um for for people who maybe um are not so clear on how the process works, right? What is the significance of standing up? Because a lot of people think that in parliament you have to have a proper like vote counted for every single bill. Yeah. 
so it's a bit confusing like why do you need uh, 15 MPs to to stand up what is the difference like the oh, voice and vote and a and a block vote yeah and also before that um benedict i just want to i want to circle back before we get to the voting process right um during the parliament debate i mean it wasn't a debate at all yeah. why is it that the speaker did not allow for open debate during this the arm on thursday la i was sitting down from 10 10 am right watching the damn thing right mm. nobody could say a word like every time somebody were to be in opposition of something that was said by the ministers immediately was shut down by the speaker yeah. itself yeah. which i didn't understand which, he, is, not, which is not right lah it's not right lah because he kept saying that this is not a sp- this is not the space for open debate even throughout the parliamentary process it's actually based on the speaker's discretion oh it's based on this discretion it's okay it's based on speaker's discretion because normally you have an order paper right so every day they'll issue an order paper which is what what is to be debated right for for that for today right but um he i think from what i see is he's trying to rush it through mm he just wants the vote to get done yeah uh and from my perspective he is bi- a biased speaker lah Yeah, I mean, it, it almost seems like um, the deputy speaker Azalina, who is actually an MP for Amno, mm, it seems uh, to be fairer to the opposition than than Art Harun, yeah. in many right, ways. Right, right. Okay. Uh, but I just wanted to get a feel out there first. I so you know, as Bamba said, uh, has sparked a lot of controversy across the line, across the, both political aisles. But from your point of view, did Pakatan do the right thing? given with the new amendments made to the budget to pass it pure like simple yes or no or well, firstly it wasn't even amendments right <laughs> whatever <laughs> la, like whatever out there yeah i would say no mm-hmm. okay because when you enter the hall you must already have a decision mm-hmm. so and i think in my point of view is that that's not about conscious or not conscious mm. i i because this is not about the presidential system you don't you're not congress mm-hmm. this is a parliament right? mm-hmm. and when you have such important uh bills it's about collective responsibility mm-hmm. so f- let's f- let's take dap for an example mm. it should be either zero votes or 42 votes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i agree and not like suddenly 41 and 1 and that that's actually a qu- a very significant disappointment mm. Mm. and it shows that Uh, the leader did not take into account the sentiment of your own back, your own grassroots. Mm. You didn't even take account to your own MPs. Mm. Because normally all this kind of decision, mm. it's not a- about coalition. It's about your party, what your party stands for. Mm-hmm. So if you one day before you enter the, you you have made the decision means you made the decision. You shouldn't mm. go backtrack, send a WhatsApp text, mm. and such a last minute. Communication. Mm. This caused all the confusion. Okay, so then on that point, right? So Anwar's justification was more on the optics of it. He didn't want to be seen as the opposition rejecting a budget based on a budget that they said had some positive elements to it, and rejecting it in the name of like polit- politicking, lah, in the sense. Yeah, my point being is fine. It's acceptable. It's is is an acceptable reason. Mm. However, why did not you? inform us mm. what was the narrative set mm. from the whole narrative that not only the voters but your own party members have accepted that if they fail to 
achieve this kind of criteria uh, proposed by the opposition, mm. we will vote it down. So mm. you're actually doing a U-turn. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I mean, for me, the optics is less important than the importance of the opposition as an institution. Mm. And they did, and they failed to play the role. Like you, you mentioned a budget has not failed in, the, in uh, Westminster since 1918. And I think in Australia in 1975 also. And in both those cases also, it's in the upper house, right? Yeah. Mm. Not, in, uh, not in the equivalent to our Dewan Rakyat. Yeah. But at the same time, I do not think that that, that it, it's going to be difficult to find an example of a case in a Westminster system where the opposition gave its backing to, to the government's budget. The, and, and the budget is a confidence vote, mm-hmm. right? If you, you, your job as the opposition is to try to defeat the, the government of the day, that is the check and balance that exists in mm. our system. And you have pulled the rug out from under that mm. huh? by, by, what, by what they did this week. The the opposition is no longer playing uh, playing that role, especially mm. considering how strong the opposition is. It is the strongest opposition that we have ever had mm. in Malaysian history, right? Yes. They have they are only short of th- three to four MPs only. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you you have to take that opportunity, especially consider it's not just about the budget itself, because you if the if the opposition defeats the government of the day. If they come into power, they can still... All these positive elements can come back into their budget as well. There's nothing to, to stop them from doing that, right? Like, he, he talks about this handout for fishermen and rural uh, farmers and, and, and so on. Why why can't you include that in your own uh, budget? Yeah. The, it's not as if that if you defeated it at this stage, this all, all these handouts will never uh, come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you have the opportunity as if you are the government to do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know, it, it really doesn't hold water ah, so to me. So, this is where the theories come in, right? Does Anwar have the numbers? Did he not want to... Okay, so, so first or so that I will go back to the narrative. is because that the opposition keeps tying the no-confidence vote with the budget vote. That's the false narrative. Mm. Because you know that the budget sh- must be passed. Mm-hmm. If you know that it must be passed, why are you setting up the narrative? Mm-hmm. That, that's the crucial point that... <laughs> no one understands why why mm. are you uh, saying this la. Mm, mm. Uh, that's why no one wants to accept the apologies that made by any of the leader it's mm-hmm. not acceptable if it's if you have said it earlier fine, yeah, yeah. We actually we're gonna talk it like, oh, okay la, we, we do it on committee stage yeah um, in terms of like saying about the budget pass or not pass if the budget collapse uh, by convention the prime minister has to resign yeah. Uh, the government staying intact is another different story. Yeah. But if indeed that Anwar becomes a prime minister, mm. the budget is dead. Mm. Meaning that you need to retable the whole budget. Yeah. yeah. And with a new name, new allocation, everything must be new. Nothing can be the same. Right. And mm-hmm. that would take months of process. Exactly. So that was the issue that we have to take into consideration as well. Yeah. Um, which is understandable but <laughs> as I s- stated earlier that why you set up such kind of narrative mm. and you you mm, not mm. even call for a division block even my, my, if I were the opposition leader I would have called for a division block and I would abstain mm. yeah. I, I would have preferred that I, I called for a wo- vote but I would have abstained due to constraints that I have mm. That would have a much more less backlash. 
there will be a backlash, but not as bad as what we are facing right now. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, like I said earlier, some of our listeners don't know the difference between this voice vote and uh, uh, yeah. and, uh, and block voting. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Most most matters in Parliament passed by voice vote, where the speaker calls for voice vote. Those in favor vote say aye. Those who are not in favor say nay. Nee. Yeah, yes or no. And and if if the if that vote is not challenged, it is assumed that the bill passed, right? Yeah. So in order to call for a block vote. Uh, where you have to count the votes of every single MP to make sure that there is a majority in favor, fifteen MPs have to stand up and request a block vote. Yeah. So so yeah, that, that's correct. So pre- in the olden times, it's a traditional practice of mm. a voice vote. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead of you have to count one by one, it's gonna take forever. Yeah. You you just call for a voice vote. So whoever shouts louder or or this out this side sounds louder, then you you straight away pass it. Mm. So it's much more easy. Mm-hmm. When you know that the majority yeah. is there So, but when you call for a division block Is when you want to determine Really how many votes you have So, the speaker will appoint Six parliamentarians uh, Six MPs To count each block Right. Mm. So they represent like for, uh, uh, Represent block A So they have to count those block Those MPs mm. vote mm-hmm. So that's uh, actually what they did For the previous sitting mm. For the removal of the speaker, right? Yeah. Oh. So 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 yeah. So this was how. Normally, when crucial, it's supposed to have a block vote, lah. Right. Uh, each everyone's each MP's vote should be counted instead of just the vague like is passed or not passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we do need to change that kind of system in our parliament as well. Mm. Yeah. It is very traditional, lah. So I mean, do you think that the the standing orders should be changed for? Uh, for example, the vote on the annual budget to require a block vote instead of uh, I mean, on most matters, it is fair enough. It's a routine bills voice vote. You mm. you are fairly certain that there is a majority, but on crucial matters, mm. surely there should be a divisional I voting. Surely you should have a a account to know. I would for argue. Sure. Th- I would argue that if we were to amend the standing order, we should just get rid of the voice vote. Mm. So all MPs Entirely Yeah entirely So you only must have block vote Each MP's vote Must be counted Why I would advocate this Is because uh, Firstly Constituents can Track your own MP's record mm. Yeah did, Agreed Did you vote Or did you not vote Or did you abstain Or did you not even attend mm. Yeah So for example Crucial bills like a Sexual harassment bill For example mm. You did not attend Why? Mm-hmm and they need to answer the constituents. Mm-hmm. No, I I think I, I agree. I agree. It's a greater uh, sense of accountability, transparency. Yeah. One hundred percent, right? Yeah. So, for example, like let's say um. Uh, PJ, uh, let let's say Tony Poa, if he fails to come for a finance, uh, bill. Yeah. What's the point of you being there? I agree. Yeah, and. Uh, I, I think especially with the budget, if they had called for a block vote, a lot of MPs in Amno would have been under pressure to vote no. Because of the 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 pressure from the grassroots over the past uh, few weeks and people like uh, Kuli easily would would have abstained or voted no. Mm. 
and uh, all you needed were two or three rebels, right? And this would have put the pressure on on Amno also to to make a stand. Because imagine if Amno on block uh, voted yes mm-hmm. in this div- individual voting, I already there is a strain right between the leadership and the base over their cooperation in in Parikata National. Yeah. And if they had to go on record to 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 vote, basically essentially vote in confidence of the government. When all along the rhetoric from Zahid has been that it is the support from individual MPs, but at the end of the day, the whole party uh, on block votes yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would have created a lot of strain in Amno, no? Yeah, actually, um, I think the general assumption is that Najib and Zahid did not do dealings with Anwar because they want him to be prime minister. They wa- they are doing all these dealings is because. They just want what they want mm. from Muhyiddin. Mm. Yeah. 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 So when there's a, uh, how would I put it? When there's a leeway, when yeah. Anwar indeed can become prime minister, they're gonna backtrack. Mm. Right. Mm. Because you guys, uh, the, the assumption is that you guys defeated us. Why should I support you again? Mm. Yeah. So I mean, this goes back to the what a lot of people yeah. are saying is the real reason that this that the opposition didn't call for a block vote right yeah yeah so okay from your point of view la, so if Anwar's justification maybe maybe you don't buy it what are the other possible reasons why Anwar definitely just made sure that we didn't go into a block vote was it uh, whether he was confident about the numbers that he had to actually pass the budget I think one 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 of the reasons is that they don't want to show how many votes they have mm. Because mm-hmm. if you don't call for a division block, you will know who's on your side. So you can't claim if I have the numbers or don't have the numbers. Mm. Oh. If I fail to have the numbers, if I, f- let's say, 108 or mm. 107, mm. and that shows that oh, you indeed you can't be prime minister. Mm. Yeah. So that would be a backlash. But now he would claim is that I didn't call for a division block. Mm. I I we didn't even call for we just let it pass. Yeah. You don't even know the numbers I have. Mm. We just thought that we should pass it. Yeah. So the other the other thing is that um he's buying time, right? To get other people to at least abstain or get uh, people to vote no on the budget in the final reading. You can argue that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, is this guy like what? Playing magic tricks so or like something? Realistically, like realistically so if that is also the other possible reason, right? Actually, realistically it's quite, because, is that because it's quite obvious why if you have you're such a strong opposition mm. firstly if your intention was not to vote the budget down or to hold the government accountable why didn't you table a cohesive budget to count shadow budget to counter it mm. right okay in my def- in defense of pakaran harapan there's no sh- shadow cabinet mm. to produce a shadow budget mm. and when you do that you need you tend to have funding mm-hmm. because in other countries let's say Australia yeah. your shadow cabinet has salary mm. right. but Malaysia you don't even have a it's not even in parliament mm. right. to have a shadow cabinet mm. however when during the GE12 to GE13 they did produce a shadow budget mm. Yeah. so the argument is that if you did have intention to have to hold the government accountable, you should have pro- come up with a framework. Mm. You don't go with the details. You don't have to go with the details. Yeah. You you just have to lay out, for example, like 
uh, we should spend more on COVID fund. Mm. You should have uh spend more on digitalization uh di- digital. Mm. Uh, you you should have more funds allocated for vaccines. Mm. Yeah. But they did not. Yeah. It, it was just by individual MPs. They are voicing their opinion, voicing their opinion. Yeah. So. I agree. So it was just basically like the plan was to make the government look weak rather than you look stronger. You know. Yeah. The and also I think part of it is that if Anwar's plan to become to to reach a majority, a strong as he described it, a strong and formidable majority, <laughs> uh, close to two thirds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that is no longer a Pakatan Harapan coalition, right? Uh, he wants to bring in guy uh, MPs from Amno. Possibly from East Malaysia, yeah. but nobody knows. But basically, the the coalition that was elected at G fourteen mm. would not uh, would not exist in 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 Anwar's scheme of things. Mm-hmm. So he so it wouldn't make sense for him to form a shadow cabinet for Pakatan Harapan because mm. a shadow cabinet is supposed to show the kind of government that they will lead, right? Mm. And he doesn't plan for that to be a Pakatan Harapan government at the moment. Is, am, am I getting something wrong there? Because that, that, that just seemed to be part of the reason why there is no shadow cabinet. He has appointed PKR spokesman for each ministry. Uh, the, he's not operating in the, in the framework of the coalition anymore. Mm, mm. And there was no shadow budget from Pakatan. Mm. Uh, uh, because in the, in the previous years, there was a Pakatan Harapan coalition that was trying to form the government of the day. And and now that basically isn't at least in in Anwar's mind, that's an assumption that I'm not very sure. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think well, is it a fair one? I I think. But this is the commentary also, right? The uh, when they are trying to look at why the op- the opposition doesn't yes, seem to be yes. acting as an opposition, which holds the government to account, right? Mm. Uh, I would uh, say that they expect to be the government again. Yeah, which I think by now is the false narrative. Hmm. We should stop thinking that we should overthrow this government. Right. Focus on the election. Mm. That that would be my advice to the Pakatan Harapan government. Even before the budget vote? During this period, yeah. Okay. I mean, prior to the second sitting, for the parliament sitting, uh, I would say definitely we try to take over the government. Mm. Whatever means. Mm. But at this rate, mm. at this kind of momentum, mm. I don't think it's ideal to take over the government again because you're not even sure where your base is. Yes, exactly. I you're think they will lose. Your base and if you overthrow, you might get overthrown again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very easily. So it's just be it. you overthrow me, I overthrow you. But now even I look at it, right? Even with the with a possible election next year, right? With this with this one step, um what are the chances of Pakatan regaining power again? Highly unlikely, right? Okay, but you have to take into account that uh, what's the condition now and during the campaign period is a totally different thing. Mm. Right. Uh, campaign I matters. Uh, campaign can change the course of the For vote. For sure. But in terms of, I would say, the popular vote right now, uh, the popular sentiment right now, mm. definitely it's very low. Even mm. your own party mm. members won't vote, won't vote for you. Yeah. That, I mean, we can see like whether when the machinery will kick in, yeah. uh, whenever the election is coming up. But essentially, I think um, two things, right, is one of it being with Anwar letting it go into the committee vote now, committee stage. What is the actual leverage does he have 
here and um on top of that the individual MPs right I mean some people they were upset that despite uh it it looked as if okay fine the opposition was aligned even though it was a it was made in a split uh, second decision but some people were upset that the op- uh, the MPs that they thought had dignity integrity and so on and so forth just abided by Anwar's decision and even particularly or maybe even Said Sadiq right being yeah, that yeah, he's yeah. not even Masli as well Yes, exactly. So who are these guys? They're not even part of Pakatan Harapan. Whose instructions are they, they following, and why? Ah, uh, actually, I, I wanted to actually <laughs> ask your opinion. Day before the budget, Said Sadiq is seen um, with Najib yeah. bipartisanship and everything like that. The next day, the budget votes. He follows uh, basically Pakatan's um, aisle. So, like, what's the point of being independent right now? Let, let me tell. <laughs> I'll take this opportunity to tell those possible Muda people who are listening to this. Possible Muda people, <laughs> yes. Let's go. It's not bipartisanship. It's called lobbying. Dumb. <laughs> Woo! Fire, yes. It's not, I agree. It's not bipartisanship. Mm. It's called lobbying. You're lobbying with a criminal. That, that's what you're doing. Mm. You're legitimizing a criminal. You're exactly. legitimizing a criminal. Exactly. I, I mean, a lot of them come and argue and say that. Because he has the biggest influence, then yeah. why are you why why are you legitimizing that yeah, influence? Yeah. He's not any different from the politicians we've had in the past already, you know? Legit. He is the backbencher's head the chair of the backbencher la, for yeah. B- Barisan National, but that that's not how it is. No, it's a photo op la. Yeah, yeah. in terms of Sadiq, right? His heart is still in Harapan. Mm. I, I think from my perspective his heart is in Harapan and as I mentioned earlier it's a collective responsibility mm. uh, I don't think the conscious or not conscious yes it's something that we should argue of but I think that what the party leaders say we just follow so I do think that the party leaders are the ones who blame mm. solely to blame and especially Anwar Ibrahim and mm. he should be the one who say come on yes I, I, I called for it and he shouldn't say oh the majlis uh, Pakatan Harapan actually agreed to it. Instead, mm. you should say it was my decision. I I take the back the blame of the backlash in my hand, and I I hope that we can consolidate mm. and move forward together. Mm. Yeah. But he's not cons- he's not making effort to consolidate the whole coalition again. Mm. He just came out with a statement after more than twenty four hours, yeah. and, and just said that oh, you know, hey you know I was the one who called for it, uh, but you know, take it whatever it is. Mm. Uh, we're gonna have a committee stage. Mm. Uh, yeah. Then just going back to the first question I asked, like, any leverage f- moving into the yeah vote? We we have a very big leverage. Actually, uh, some of the top leadership from some party which I don't like mentioning has already advised mm. the MPs to you know set up the narrative that you you guys are gonna let the second reading pass and only the community stage should start kachau mm. in 2017 for the budget 2018 for the domestic trade and consumerism uh, ministry the budget nearly lost mm. what happened was uh, it was at night like 8 8 p.m something like that um, the current whip mm. johari abdo mm. who was the whip then also he he counted for the Barisan National MPs. Oh hey, we actually can ambush. Mm. So what happened was they call in all the uh 
Pakatan Harapan or Rakyat. Mm. Uh, that time was just Rakyat. Just, yeah. Yeah. That was the time was Harapan's formation really. Uh, they came. They came and say that you know, we're gonna ambush them. So they for the first vote they actually won. Mm. It means that the government could have collapsed. Mm. Right. But because of the speaker, it was the deputy speaker then. Uh, he go and call in all the other MPs from the government side. So mm. they delay and delay and delay. Only they, they announced that it was a one-vote majority from the government side. Mm. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't think that you can like hack your way into defeating parts of the budget. Like at that point, the, that in that year, the government had a clear majority just looking at the whole, uh, the, the whole house, right? Mm. Like, uh, obviously, if they had lost that vote... Um, would they really have had, have been forced to resign considering that they did have a majority of the MPs? Whereas this time, you, you can't really do that this time, right? At the committee stage, uh, ministry by ministry, also, uh, you would have to have all the MPs in in the house. You're not going to, yep. you're not so, going to so sneak in. That's the leverage part that yeah. I'd like to point out. Um, in, your, in the government, you're not just a legislative, you're an executive. Mm. 70 MPs are... You have to go back to your ministry and report to your ministry, and you have your ministerial works, and you mm. have your own constituency work. Mm. You're not going to be in parliament every day. Yeah, that gives the opposition a high chance, provided that the opposition attends all the sittings. Mm. And if you, if I'm the, if Anwar Ibrahim says that fine, we owe up to the backlash. All the sitting, all the MPs must be there at twenty four hours. Mm. You'll be there throughout the whole sitting. You throughout all the votes, you must all, 108 votes must all be there. Or at least 91 or 98. Mm. Everyone must be there. And I think that will give the voters, say, hey, fine, you should prove it to us. Now we attend all your parliamentary sittings. Mm. We vote for each and every of the committee stage. Mm. Definitely that out of the 28 committee stage, definitely you can't catch out all of them. Mm. Probably take five or six. Mm. Just yeah. ambush one or two. It's enough to collapse the government if the intention is to collapse the government. Yeah. Mm. But if you intend to take whatever you want, for example, remove JASA, you ambush JASA. Mm. You ambush communication ministry. But they keep saying, the PKR especially, they keep saying that, you know, we're going to have the ambush strategy. How do you ambush someone when you tell it publicly? Very good point. <laughs> a good I mean, point, everybody is point. aware already. Yeah. yeah. We still have committee stage. We are still going to attack in committee stage. Then, I was like, then you don't think the government and peace will not make sure they'll be there? I mean, I, mean, I don't think you need to say it. Like, I mean, I they, they don't they need to drop the... They, yeah, they're not exactly. going to drop the ball on this. They already know how precarious their position is. I'm sure that they will have the MPs in the exactly. house. The whole point of ambushing is to make people unaware and you attack them. Yeah. Mm. You make sure that they keep them off guard. Yeah. yeah, but I don't understand. Like, <laughs> if we're gonna attack at committee stage, you're gonna take five or three minutes ministry, and you're gonna attack them. You're gonna scrutinize the bill there. Mm. That's not how you. That's not how you move forward. That's not mm. how you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Benedict. Uh, so we we're talking about the stage, right? After can can you just explain what this means? Like, um, in this community stage, how does this work? Like, what happens? Okay, so after the first reading, which is reading the title of the bill, second second reading is where you come out the whole gist of it after yeah. debate, but you don't go bait, you don't fully scrutinize sentence by sentence. Yeah. So that happens when the committee stage. Okay. 
Okay. So there's 28 committee stage. It's based on the portfolio of each ministry. And they'll go line by line. Mm -hmm. And you say that I disagree with this and you must change this. So it's more scrutinized. Uh, it's more detailed. Uh, that's where ha whatever happens in during the committee stage. Right. So let's say if it's a uh, health related uh, in the budget, there goes the committee stage. And that committee stage, line by line, you go through where the funds coming from, where the funds going through. So so that's how after committee stage, you go for the third reading. Uh, each committee stage has a one vote. Uh, you have to vote, and in the third reading before the final passing to the upper house, you have another vote. Right. So at twenty eight points, there there is a vote lah, which a goes vote. through. Yes. Okay. All right. Mm. So there's any chance? Any chance? Lah. Any chance? Right. Uh, but okay, even if the opposition were to defeat the government on the, on the allocations for particular ministries at the committee stage, is there a precedent where a government has resigned? Because of obviously this budget process is pretty similar to the budget process in other countries as well. Uh, I, I can't think of any example where the opposition has successfully voted down part of the budget and then the government has resigned when the budget as a whole has not yeah. been defeated. So... Like, will the government r really fall if the opposition wins some of the votes at the committee stage? In my knowledge, uh, to my knowledge, no, mm. no countries have, because most of the time that the government will uh, make concession, they're gonna amend it. Mm. They're gonna force themselves to amend it if, mm. if they like it or don't like it. Mm. But if they, <laughs> it's so it's up to to how strong the opposition at that period of time. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, if it's, yeah, what I'm saying is that they they claim now that they're gonna vote no at committee stage for the parts they don't like, and mm. they will vote yes for the parts that they like. I mean, that's essentially what they they have said, right? Like the the where it's involving the welfare handouts and, yeah, and that, so that's, on, that's, that's they'll the vote point. yes. That's that's the point. So what they are do, what they are they are implying is that they select committees that they want to attack. Mm. Yeah. So so what is the actual result of this? Uh. You vote Say they are successful Particular ministries For example Communication ministry They are able to rally the votes And vote no Because this whole JASA issue uh, they, they are able to do it So uh, The allocation for Communications ministry Is defeated And then you come to The third reading What? What then? Like is the uh, Is the government Going to present the budget Without a communication ministry Allocation? Mm. No If in the committee stage If it's failed to pass Any mm. Any part by convention, the whole government collapse. So the whole so, so the committee the budget each committee stage is same as your policy stage. Jeez, so really? so what is this this rhetoric from the opposition that they are going to vote for the parts that they like and they don't like? I mean, uh, <laughs> any any vote no any vote against defeats the budget, right? You cannot present this bill with bits and pieces as uh, yeah. So what they are implying is that they don't want that bits. They're gonna vote down. Then that so defeats the budget, right? If they defeat the budget lah. So the whole argument is that they want the government to make the demands, follow the demands of the of the opposition. That's what they're implying. So for example, JASA, if you don't remove it, you can risk the government. Right. Remove it or you don't remove it, we will make you remove it. That's what they're implying. And if they are lucky or unlucky, if they are lucky lah, the government will collapse by convention. Mm. By convention. And if you are able to re to vote it down for three to four committee stage, by the third reading, 
the own government MPs should vote it down because they they know that it's not gonna they they don't command the majority to pass it. Mm. Right. And like 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 you said, right? If if for example, right now I feel a key here is Amno also. Amno plays a big role here, right? Of course. So like you said, they they want to just get what they want more from within, and they definitely don't want Anwar to be uh, prime minister. So now that you know, Muhyiddin and uh, Zafrul has basically made uh, changes to the budget that uh, sort of appeases Amno's uh, demands. What is the likelihood of Muhyiddin and the whole of Prikata National plus Amno trying to allow these concessions for the opposition? Like, realistically, would he? Should he? Does he need to? He, he ought to be afraid, right? Because there are still MPs on their side whose votes are uncertain, like uh, coolies. I mean, all you need is two or three, right? Okay, so you have to take another account that during community stage doesn't mean that it'll be same like your policy stage where all the MPs will attend. Yeah. You may just fit the quorum uh, and let's say only 50 MPs were there and they put the vote. It's possible. So you at least need 26, then you can pa- you can mm. defeat the budget. Mm, mm, mm. So it's highly, un- highly likely that if you are committed enough to scrutinize the budget, mm. you will have done that. Mm. And because the issue is that in other countries, you have select committees. Mm. That select committee is the one who played the role in scrutinizing parts of the bill. Yeah. But in committee stage right now, it's all the MPs must be there. Mm. Right. So it's now uh, two MPs passed away. Mm. So it's 220 MPs have to every, almost every time scrutinize the bill altogether mm. when not all the MPs have the expertise to scrutinize it. Mm. As it stands now, the, the final voting will be on the 17th of December. And so realistically, okay, if, if for example, one part of the the bill is voted against, right? Like, is that really something that we want at that point where we go so close towards the next year, then there's no budget, there's no, I mean, lack of supply. Yeah. Is that really what the game plan is for Pakatan? Uh, I wouldn't know what Pakatan thinks. Uh, I don't know what Anwar thinks. But uh, from what I see right now is that mm, from your point of view, yeah, Anwar and PKR is desperate to be government. Regardless, mm. they're gonna do whatever it takes. Mm. Uh, that comes with a big reco- repercussion, mm. right. And. No matter how, even if the budget doesn't pass, you can have a supplementary bill. That's not a big issue, but mm. it's going to cause chaos, uh, another political crisis right. on top of a already political tra- crisis. I, I think one, one, I think the, the one takeaway is that the Prime Minister has plays the game really well. I, I agree. Like. I mean, uh, he, out, out of left field, he, reached, he, he achieved the highest office when he wasn't he didn't even seem to be in contention uh he he has managed to he has managed to break apart not just the opposition but even amno itself seems to be split into between the those guys in the cabinet and the and the backbenches mm. in in parliament mm. and he pulled off the Sabah uh, he, In Sabah What he really pu- what, what he pulled off Is quite impressive right Considering his party Had zero seats At the last election And then this time around They hold the chief minister's post And now comes to the budget vote And he cannot And he And the opposition Cannot even quarrel enough 
support he cannot even call fifteen members to to oppose him and basically legitimize his his government. He, his government has a more legitimate standing now than it has at any point since March. Would you agree? Uh, in terms of legitimizing, I don't think they are legit. Uh, most of them will still vote him down, but. Uh, it's not him that is being smart. It's literally not him. Mm. The people behind him is Asmin and Hamza. Mm. These two are the people who are doing the political maneuvering for him. And they are one of the greatest minds. They were the one who launched the coup. They were the one who launched the Sabah election. They were the one who, who pivoted the whole narrative. Mm. Uh, it's not Muhyiddin mm. Muhyiddin is not <laughs> As great as you think it is It's just that his okay, figure la, Suspicion is correct la, yeah? <laughs> it, it's just the figure That oh, Abba 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 He sort of a stand-in For the maneuverings Of Hamza Sainuddin And Asmin Ali mm. Yeah so, But really la, big, uh, big blow to this um, Anwar's credibility la. It was, was more like la. It was more like a motion of a vote of confidence against, against Anwar. Ah, right? Anwar, <laughs> yeah. <you're> right. <laughs> she lost badly, la. Oh, so sad, la, Really. No, yeah. I, I, I just don't understand why would you dismiss the concerns and the sentiments of yeah. your own party members. You, you can't just say, oh, we're gonna have committee stage. Yeah. Fuck you. That's why. No, like, like you don't start at the start. We understand we have. Okay, like for us who understand that's committee stage. Yes, we understand that's committee stage, but all the while you say you voted down. Mm. Yeah. So you set the expectation for us yeah. mm. and you let it down. Yeah. So what's the difference with the Pakatan Harapan Manifesto? Mm. Exactly. Exactly. He's fitting he, the I think narrative. in terms of his uh, justification of the optics, I think he got the optics the other way around. You know? like, I don't think at any point in time has so many people paid so much attention to the exactly. budget. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Actually, that's the positive part of it. Uh, I think this year As much of the political crisis There's So much of ha- Chaos And yeah. everything I think More youth are paying attention To politics More youth are paying attention To them Shout out why politics Yes uh, Shout out to you guys The <laughs> Pentagram <laughs> show ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah because There are more Youth organisation coming out There's mm. more organisation In general coming out Start talking about politics mm. Like the Pentagram show like my politics <laughs> And I think that's part of There's pros and cons la. Mm. And For the next election If it happens the ne- end of next year Or after July 2021 um, We will determine We may possibly determine Who will win the next general election mm. Mm. Because we, we will We will There will be about for youth, uh, eighteen to twenty-one. Yeah, they're about three point four million. I I'm, I forgot the figures, but roughly three million to four yeah, million. Yeah, about three million uh, upwards. Yeah, and with the automatic registration, you have about seven point eight million mm. new voters. Crazy, yeah. yeah. And that that's gonna shift the whole political landscape. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you need to listen to the youth voice right now. Yeah, I mean, like, then the next step is for them to go and be incentivized to vote. You know. That's another big hurdle that the opposition needs to overcome. I think that... Do you think that um, Anwar needs to go 
for this for this for this uh, okay no. we do a vote like, we do a vote no no right I'm, 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 no vote. when you're talking about the youth right yeah. and the youth need motivation to turn out the vote uh, not right? every blah, huh? every country no I mean every country in the world the youth uh, turn out is less than the older generations right but you see like charismatic figures in particular countries you know like Jeremy Corbyn in the UK yes. or you know surprisingly Bernie Sanders in the in the states uh, su- create this momentum among the youth to get involved in politics right now mm. we have an issue but we don't have that that figure on that figure with credibility on the opposition side to rally the the youth behind him right mm. and anwar the lost credibility not just with the youth but i think with every generation over the course of this year yes <laughs> except for PKR. yeah right. except for pkr <laughs> pkr has become like out of touch with the with the public out of touch with their own coalition yeah, yeah, i agree yeah. i agree out of touch um um, somebody, according, to somebody Medica, according to a medical center, uh, polling center, uh, data center, um, it was June. Uh, they did a popular vote kind of survey. Yeah. Uh, more youth are aligning to pass than any other party. Jesus. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my I would take that what are we I doing? Would take, <laughs> I would take that with a. I don't know. I, I mean, like, where was this survey conducted? <laughs> Based on calling. I. But, but you have to take into okay, con- okay. but Jeez. you have to take into consideration that it was June. Yeah. It was during MCO mm. when the Prakata National was doing very well. Mm. There was no uh, no criticism against the Prakata National. Mm. Right. Mm. So you have to take into account con- that because uh, at through uh, Parliament Digital platform, uh, we attended one of their workshop. So they yeah. show us their latest data. Uh, I they did not publish any of their latest data. I don't know why. I even emailed them and texted them for the raw data they didn't want to send it to me mm. uh, if yeah, if Merdeka Center is listening to this uh, please contact me <laughs> yes Merdeka Center please contact but, us and why politics but um, it's shocking that more people are aligned to pass but it's also not shocking a lot of people have to take in context that yeah. uh, pass is the first time being in government yeah. and they're doing very well mm. Mm. they're giving cash handouts mm. Um, so in terms of Anwar Ibrahim uh, why would I say only PKR I, I do really think that PKR people are out of touch uh, I don't think you should have you should continue to have think that Anwar is the only option right mm. if you want to look at a good coalition or party you need to pin you, you, you are able to pinpoint who will be able to take over you yeah at mm. least three or four yeah even though they compete with each other, you know that they are they have the ability and the capability to take over you when you are gone. Mm. I think Pakatan and Harapan lacks that. We can't even pinpoint who will take over Pakatan Harapan. Mm. If right. Pakatan Harapan ever even continue to stand. Because mm. right now it may facilitate to a breakup. Mm. Like Pakatan Rock, yeah. Right. So Personally Do I think Anwar Ibrahim Should go Yes uh, Please don't bash me But uh, my That's my point of view Because You can't keep craving For power Yeah mm. Bit by bit His credibility Is just fading, fading Because yeah. A lot of people Think that You know uh, Especially to DAP and Amana mm. You can't take Your friends As an advantage mm. Mm. You, you can't take Them as an advantage uh, how, how would I put it Anwar has been like Saying that he is the only option 
I I I can I I've waited for twenty two months. I didn't hold any ministerial post. I've waited for twenty years. Uh, UDAP and Amana. I was the one who made you guys strong as well. You guys ride on my reformacy wave, so and so forth. I deserve this. Uh, you guys, I've waited for so long. You guys can wait. But that's not the case anymore. Mm. You've waited long enough, and if you can't be it, then so be it. Uh, and I mean, he's had he has had plenty of opportunities to prove that he is the one, like, You know. Yeah, and to me, it's time for either a younger leader or more capable leader to lead. The the, the big government. question is uh, who? Right? who? <laughs> and, uh, I yeah, don't so, think so that there are a lot of options. A lot of people always ask like. Who will be the one? Who will be the next prime minister if mm. Anwar becomes prime minister? My argument is that's the problem. Mm. Yeah. If there's no one to replace you, you are the problem. Yeah. Mm. If no one is able, to, if you can't nurture young leaders, capable leaders, mm. then you are a failure. Mm. You know, especially when you think about it, is when you become a leader, the first thing you want to do is. What is my future? What is the future of the organization, the party, or the go- country I'm leading? Mm. And if you're able to identify that, you need to nurture the leaders that you want them to mm. able to lead the the future. But to mm. him, he is the future and the only future. Yeah, you're right. His whole planning process is always to get to the point where I am prime minister. It's him, so him that and then only <laughs> him. Ah, correct. And I, I don't know the brightest people in PKR like Wong Chen. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> How prime minister? They they, <laughs> they continue <laughs> to blindly support him. Fami Fazil. Fami Fazil. I think uh I think that the best uh I I think honestly the number two option is actually Shafi in my opinion because mm. the, he he has the sort of he has a similar kind of charisma that because it's undeniable Anwar has charisma Anwar Ibrahim has charisma mm. if you attend his speeches if you just watch him online also you can tell the way yes, he has yes. a command of a crowd yeah. and there are very few politicians on the opposition side mm. who have that uh, capability and also have that cross-sectional appeal mm. be- across all the communities that he has and I don't know I I, I, I think people saw Shafi Abdul in the Sabah election campaign mm. and he did he did come across as a Somewhat inspirational figure Even though his message Did not work in that context mm. uh, What do you think That is he someone Who can take Anwar's place um, In terms of Shafi I, I don't I'm not sure about it Because Firstly He's Same case as Anwar He's from Abno mm. Second of all His party Will not contest A national party ticket He mm. will only contest A regional Party ticket Mm. Mm. And his his party is a regionalism. Mm. Uh, it's hard to convince people to say that you know Warisan is gonna lead. Mm. That, that, that's uh, and to me, uh, Warisan's position right now is not with Pakatan Harapan. Mm. They are actually doing dealings with the government MPs as well mm. for their survival. It's understandable mm. because if Anwar can't make a move, they will. Yeah. And everyone will make a move. Mm. Yeah. So, will Shafi become prime minister? I would, if I want to, I want in terms of short term, yeah, one yeah. term, just mm. to save from this crisis. Mm. Right. If he can do it, fine, I'll accept him. Mm, mm. But if I want someone to, if Harapan continues to send, if the three big party, uh, DAP, Amana, mm. and and PKR continues to stand, 
Mm. I would want a leader that's not from no relation from up no. Mm. If no that no genes from up no. Mm. I, I think that's a crucial point to distinct yourself from who you are. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, whether or not that is uh realistic like, in terms of the electoral politics. Like mm. even the at the last election, I mean the the difference between G thirteen and G fourteen, yeah, of course number one is Najib scandal, but also that the they created they they were successful to an extent in creating a split in Amno, right? And it wasn't a split in Amno. It was more of a three corner fight that led Pakatan Harapan to win. Yes, yes, yes. yes it of was course. in terms of the voting electoral process and you look at the data it's all mainly because of the three corner fight that mm, right. allows us. Yeah, but but the the Malay vote it didn't really uh, shift the past. Like if you look at the vote for past compared from election to election, it is roughly the same, right? Like from yeah. G thirteen to fourteen, how much for past they did increase, and that's the scary part. The past increase in the last election, how much for popular vote, and in terms of area. Yeah, because yeah. You have yeah, to yeah. Take yeah and in right. terms you have to take into account that it's a three corner fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How many three corner fight was almost. Uh, all three candidates was 30%, 30%, 30%. So when you look at the pure raw data, you can see that pass is growing and they are getting more popular. Mm. And you do also have to take into account, Pakatan Harapan relies on Chinese votes heavily and Indian votes heavily. The next question is, their population is shrinking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, So to me, a race-based party will not be popular anymore, Mm. especially Chinese race-based party. It's not going to be popular, popular anymore. Uh, you need to appeal to all voters, mm. to all Malaysian voters. I mm. think that's crucial. And similarly, Harapan fails to realise that. I mean, top leadership. Uh, they just think that yeah. first thing we need to do is take over the government. Mm. And they are not planning the future for us. Mm. Jeez. Damn scary man. I mean I think We can go on and on I About think this it, like. yeah, I mean That's the positive Thing about Doing the pendulum show Or politics Or any other organisation Is that When we start Voicing out yeah. It's part of a Democratic You know As yeah. much as cynical we are we, we need to keep Fighting on And I think yeah. that Especially this budget Thing I think No matter what We need to continue To fight on mm. Regardless of party stance mm. If you are in PKR, for example, mm. continue to fight for what you believe in. Mm. There are people who are in PKR who, you know, fresh voice. Mm. In DAP, so there are pro- more progressive people who wants to push DAP to a much more center uh, center le- left mm. party instead yeah. of now Chinese Chauvinist party. I I think this this is w- what youth plays in role. Mm. And why democracy is at stake right now in Malaysia? Yeah, mm-hmm. and we need to fight for it. Yeah. So what do you see as the the hope for Malaysia? Is it that to to me is that the youth don't really share the the views of the older generation? They are not at, at least as monolithic as yeah. the older generation is. And part of this is just the pressures of contemporary life, right? Mm. Highly urbanized. Uh, the kind of the kind of skills, education. Uh, communication that is required it lends towards people assimilating and having to let go so much of this 
strong uh, racial and religious uh, identitarianism, right? Mm. It's it's just a it's just a fact of modern life, right? It happens mm. all across the world. And if with Undi 18 and automatic voter registration, I think that this does create opportunity for more progressive politics in Malaysia mm. uh, because there are some forces which none of this political elite class can control. Mm. Urbanization, globalization and uh, and the changes in education and communication. The I mean, if you look just at uh, access to, to alternative forms of media, right? Mm. I think that more people know English now in the country as a whole than have done at a, than than did maybe ten or twenty years ago. It's simply because of the internet and 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 uh, uh, access to all all these forms of of media. Agree. You don't think so? Um, Please disagree. If you feel <laughs> wouldn't say disagree. Uh, based on data, Firstly, we are an aging population, so meaning that there be more old people against youth, uh, young people. That's a crucial part. Uh, it may pitch into a young versus old mm. Especially now you have a youth based party And they create a sentiment and Blah 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 Then you start fighting And when you have a more progressive front You have a more conservative front mm. yeah. I think we need to take into account And Pakatan Harapan was an example When you push to progressive This country will go more conservative Number two um, 70% of our population is in urban area yeah. By 2030 it will be 80% yeah. mm. And Problem is People are still segregate, segregated We are so mm. close together Yet we are segregated mm. We only feed by social media That Information that we want to listen to mm-hmm. Want to accept mm. And it's so essentially why More young people The data that feeds uh, More young people are so aligning with past yeah. Which makes sense mm. And these are scary because we are pushing to more conservative side of the country. Mm. And we need to highlight that. And for people like, we believe that, I believe the country cannot be more, we cannot say that we are more progressive or conservative. I mm. think we need to do a pragmatic mm. point of view. I think we should have a pragmatism uh, kind of a way forward. Because mm. if you go to conservative, you come up with a statement that, oh, this is a conservative, this is a progressive view, this is a liberal view, this is a... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to create a divide in a country. Mm. And in Malaysia, mm. we stand with community. We value community first, then individual. Mm. Right. As compared to Western, they, call, uh, they value individual first, yeah. then community. Which... It makes sense because Especially when you look at COVID mm. We are willing to stay at home To make ourselves suffer For the benefit of everyone But you com- when you look at Western Especially US They, they, are, they think about their own freedom yeah, than, I come first, yeah Than, than the public health mm. So for us is that We need to take into all this kind of consideration On how we move the country forward mm. uh, For youth You can't just shout for youth voice you, you need to move in a more You need to think about old people So you need to think about everyone And it's going to be very difficult And It's going to be more disappointing uh, There will be more disappointment mm. Especially in our politics mm. But We compared few years back When we have uh, ISA We simply just lock, lock up people Just because you disagree with their views You can't do that anymore so, these are the few steps forward that we can 
move forward with. Mm. Right. I guess. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on? I mean, I agree, lah. I guess. I mean, ideally, a pragmatic approach would be the best way to move forward. I realistically, I believe that there will always be a divide, lah. Whether it's um, there will always be a divide, definitely because everyone has their own point of view. Yes, I have my point of view. You have point of view, and that's normal. Mm. Uh, that's uh, liberty. Mm. Yeah, but, but uh, the, the, you need to, to learn how to yeah. compromise. Uh, yeah. That's the essential part of of uh, democracy. Mm. And and we we do eventually need to have some baseline consensus mm. among the communities here, like that consensus which did exist in some form or another for forty to fifty years, right? Mm, yeah. And has been lost in mm. in the in the twenty first century, essentially in Mal- in Malaysia. Mm. Then it it has not been replaced by a new uh, consensus, like you said. Like we are all about we, the community still stands more importantly, more prominently than the individual, mm. and the and the consensus has not yet a new consensus has not yet been formed between the communities like even in 1999 right like mm. it was the non-malays who voted for bn at the time when the malays were mm. moving to the opposition mm. and now the and now this and so it when the malays moved back to bn side in 2004 bn had a landslide right mm. and since 2008 until now there has been no consensus amongst all the the different racial groups uh, urban rural has been missing and so i think until we discover that consensus or mm. new a new normal a new baseline for our discourse then it's it's going to be it we're going to continue with this like hyper partisan uh, polarizing politics yeah i think one i would like to just point out one thing is that in malaysia we are still at talking terms i, I think that's still still positive about we are not as polarized as uh, as US. We don't have the red state or blue states. Mm. Right. But yeah, uh, we do need to start, you know, preventing that from 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 it from developing to a mm. polarization. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think um, I mean we can always go on and on about yeah. this, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we will have more conversations in yes, future yes, about yes. where the country is going. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. But to summarize, basically mm. we have committee voting next week on the on the budget 2021 debate. Yeah. The yeah, committee stage, stage yes. include uh, the debate and the voting on all 26 ministries. Mm. So the opposition continues to have an opportunity to defeat the budget at that point. Mm. Uh yeah so let's let's be let's pay more uh the same amount of attention that we did yeah, on the yeah. policy stage right huh? yeah okay i mean um, let's see what unfolds because yes. we can make all of these predictions now by clearly <laughs> anwar has his own thing <laughs> up his sleeve lah you know yeah i think we can confidently say right that if he instructs the opposition to sit down the next time around i don't think he's going to be able to prevent all of them <laughs> i think that you are going to have at least 15 stand up and request a block vote mm. whatever his instructions are yes yes yeah. all right so on that note uh bendik any last words for anyone listening Merdeka Center send the data. Merdeka send the data. Come on, man. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, to oh, those man. listeners, always uh, uh, a pleasure having you. Yeah, keep really fighting. Okay. Like, I don't know. Um, you're going uh, overseas next year, but um, yeah. after the the final budget vote, we can do a part, uh, like a, a final one before you leave, like you know. Yep, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all all the best to your future endeavors over there. Yeah, you're going to the US, right? Yeah. Okay. Great, uh, and you know, good. I uh, just want to shout out to Y Politics. Um, 
as a as a group right uh, i feel like number one like your the information and the information you put out timely accurate to a de- very yeah. high degree um and definitely it's a good strong way to engage the youth lah so you know a big up for you on doing that you know Uh, yes. Continuing what you're doing, man. Uh, Medical center, please help. <laughs> Why politics? God damn it! <laughs> I, I suspect it's because that polling is actually quite bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 let's not make assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So on that note, uh, thank you very much again, Benedict, for coming on the show, guys. Anything to say? Nope. No. All right. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you.